Maggie and Perloff from Radio Row is sponsored by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, the protein pack snack that's bold as you are. Be big, be bold, be adventurous. Look for them in the snack aisle at your local grocer. It is Maggie and Perloff here at Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's been a really fun show so far. Let's have a little more fun because we've had a lot of very um, overconfident Eagles fans, one particularly <laughs> co-host the show and we need a little dose of reality and that's why we're so excited to welcome Elliot Shore Parks he's WIP's Eagles insider and Elliot you have to bring a little like neutrality to this yeah, conversation I'll try you do this for a living Perloff is a fan <laughs> and does this for Wait, a living can I tell you <laughs> really quick Elliot story Maggie sure. I think was Elliot there the day we did a fake rehearsal for our show before yeah. we signed and you were there and I pulled you aside I said, I've been listening and watching you. You're way too high on Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. <laughs> and you're like, he's the real deal. You wait. I'm like, come on. This Derek Carr just completed 20 passes in a row. I was wrong. You were right. <laughs> well, I would like to hear that at the start of the interview. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, look, here's what I would say about your confidence. It's well-earned. The Eagles have earned the right for people to believe in them. They've dominated a lot of games this year. They're a great team. They're great on the line. So if you think the Eagles are going to win, there's absolutely a rational, a rational reason for that. I just think when I look at it, people are undervaluing how good this Chiefs team is. When you look at football games and how you pick them, right, I think there's a few things that you can look at receivers, you know, corners, all those things matter. But ultimately it comes down to a couple things. It comes down to the head coach, the quarterback, and the line play, right? The Chiefs have the better head coach, they have the better quarterback, and I think they have the better pass-blocking offensive line. And while the, Chief, the uh, Eagles have the better defensive line, the Chiefs' defensive line is really good too. So the Eagles have advantages on the outside, but games are decided on the inside, and I think that's where the Chiefs have the advantage. Peter King today in Football Morning America said the Eagles might have the greatest offensive line in, in history. Was that the line, Maggie? I mean, close to that. Um, and wow. now we're understanding the Chiefs have a better pass block. Well, line. when you look at the stats, I mean, they have the best pass block win rate in the NFL this year. Uh, if you look at sacks allowed, the Chiefs, I believe, are second in the league and the Eagles are close to 20th. Now, that's not always the offensive line. The quarterback's involved in that. But the Eagles are a better run-blocking offensive line than they are pass-blocking offensive line. If you look at their line, Lane Johnson is an unbelievable tackle. He might be the best pass-blocking tackle in the league. Jordan Mylott is a very good player. Uh, I think he's been a little up and down this year. Landon Dickerson, up and down as well. So I think they're a good pass-blocking offensive line. But the Chiefs, again, are the best pass-blocking offensive line in the league statistically. And when the Eagles, the way the Eagles have won this year, and, and you, you know because you watch the games, is they dominate with their defensive line. They overwhelm people. They get up 14 points. They, they, they're able to pin their ears back and rush on third down. I don't know if they, will, if they will be able to do that against the Chiefs because when you look at the Chiefs, they don't make mistakes. They're not penalized. They're very, very rarely in third and long situations. The Eagles are used to living in third and long. So I think the Chiefs are going to force the Eagles to play a game that they're not used to playing. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, you mentioned about the Chiefs don't make a lot of mistakes. That's why the bizarro fumble where Mahomes basically, yeah. like the ball just came out of his hands. We're like, we never see something like that. Yeah, I mean, one of the craziest things to me is, you know, from afar, when you think of Mahomes, I sometimes think of him as a reckless passer. Because of his arm, he's willing to take chances. Hurts, on the other hand, is very conservative with the ball. I could probably count on two hands the amount of interceptable passes he threw this year. But if you look at turnover-worthy plays, they're exactly the same in percentage. So Mahomes throws it way more. He makes, in my opinion, probably more difficult throws. But he's just as safe with the ball. So, again, the Eagles like to create turnovers. They like to, uh, you know, really bring the pressure on third down. 
it's going to be tough to do against this Chiefs offense. Well, you know, one game where Mahomes was really bad was the Super Bowl two years ago against mm -hmm. the Bucks because two tackles got hurt. Now, it's a different set of injuries, but they have real injuries in KC. Now, there seems to be this idea that two weeks will heal everybody, but Mahomes is hurt, the receivers are hurt, Kelsey's been dealing with something. Legereus Sneed, one yeah, of their best corners. So is that it? would be the concern for me. The other yeah. injuries I'm not that concerned about. At the end of the day, look, if Juju Smith-Schuster, he's probably their best receiver. Ultimately, they don't move the ball because of their receivers. They move the ball because of Mahomes and the scheming by the offense, right? So when I look at who's going to play receiver, doesn't really matter to me because Eagles corners are better than all of them anyway. Where I do think it matters is if Snead doesn't play because Snead is their best corner and the other two corners that they have are rookies. So I think that, you know, the Chiefs secondary, for as much as the defense gets ripped, they finished the year, I believe, fourth in the league in yards allowed per pass attempt. So they actually ended up having a very good secondary. So if Snead doesn't play, that could be a big deal. But I bet he will play. We're talking with Elliot Shore Parks. He's the Eagles insider for WIP, which is obviously the massive radio station yeah. that's in Philadelphia. Okay, away from the X's and O's for a moment. If things play out like you say and you think the Chiefs are going to win this game, what's the reaction in Philly? So I think the reaction will, of course, be disappointment. You know, if anytime your team loses the Super Bowl, it's fair to be disappointed. But are you going up the grease poles in <laughs> anger? Well, yeah. I don't think they should. I really don't. I think that, you know, in a, to a certain degree, the outcome of this game shouldn't impact how Eagles fans view this season. This season is a huge success. They found their franchise quarterback. They're in the Super Bowl. There is no shame in losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It doesn't change what this season was. It doesn't change what the future is. Had they lost to the Giants? Had they lost to the Niners? Yeah, then we're having that discussion. But I think Eagles fans right now should feel extremely proud of this team, extremely optimistic about the future, and I don't think the results of Sunday should change that. Elliot, what about some of the changes that could be coming? Jerry Jones called this all-in. The Eagles team And he's wrong in, about that. Like the Rams. Yeah. yeah, but you could make an argument. Listen, Kelsey's older, Lane Johnson's older, all the free agents coming up. Mm -hmm that next year this team is not going to be in as good a position. What do you say to that? I, I disagree. I think they have the brightest future of any team in the league. When you talk about the fact that they have the 10th overall pick and they're playing in the Super Bowl, that's extremely unique. They have a quarterback that's closer to 24 than 25. They're going to have around 30 or $40 million in cap space, and now they're going to have to sign Jalen Hurts. But if there's any team in the league that knows how to make cap-friendly mm -hmm. deals, it's the Eagles. And so are they old at certain spots? Yes, at center they are. But they drafted a center in the second round last year. Uh, they're, again, their quarterback's young. Their receivers are young. I mean, they are, they, a lot of their defensive linemen are young. I think when you have a, a foundation of Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, you're always going to be competitive, and there's so much talent on this roster. I would be stunned if they weren't, you know, if not back in the Super Bowl next year, right in contention wow. to make it. It does, it does it look like now Shane Steichen looks like he's probably going to be staying and – I, well, the a, offensive yeah. coordinator. And the reason why I bring that up is because when the Eagles really started to take off last year is when Nick Sirianni, the head coach, stopped play yeah. calling mm -hmm. and Shane Steichen took over, and that allowed Sirianni just to kind of focus on the strategy of the game. And to be fair, like the Eagles got a lot better. Yeah. And so maybe that's the formula for the future, but if Steichen gets poached for one of these head coaching jobs, then it looks like Sirianni probably has to call plays again. Yeah, or they have to find someone else to do it. I mean, Nick, Nick will tell A lot tell, of people looking for an offensive coordinator yeah, these days. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Nick will tell you that he thinks not calling plays made him a better head coach. And I think there's a lot of truth to it. One thing you'll see from the Eagles on Sunday, presumably, is they don't uh, they don't make a lot of silly mistakes. They're a fundamentally strong team. They're, they're quick to the line of scrimmage. They don't waste challenges or timeouts. And that's because Nick is able to focus on thing, those things by not calling plays. Now, if they lose Shane, 
that is going to be a big loss because ultimately all that matters in the NFL when it comes to winning is offense. We can talk about defense. The best offense is win. So if the Eagles are going to be in contention next year, the offense is going to be have to be what it is this year, and that's going to be difficult if Shane's gone. So talk to me about Reed versus Sirianni. You say Reed and Bienemy and Spagnuolo, they have an advantage. I mean, I think you. I think a lot of people think when you look at the whole coaching staff that the Eagles are right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think there's truth. Look, I mean, with with what Andy has accomplished, I think it would be silly to say Sirianni's a better head coach. I mean, Andy's one of the best head coaches of all time. I think he deserves consideration for the best head coach of all time when you consider what he's accomplished. So, but in this specific game, I think there's it's close. I mean, Sirianni has gotten a lot out of what his roster is. I think there's a misconception with Nick that he's just along for the ride. I think it's a lot harder to take a great roster and make them a great team than it is to take a bad roster and make them average, right? So Nick has made this team into a team that is in the Super Bowl. And ultimately, Andy is a great coach. I think Nick's a great coach. I would lean Chiefs. But, you know, you started this by saying I was right about Gannon. Gannon's a good coach, too. I got a hot take for you, and I know this. I, I love those. So, yeah. I, I know this is going to make me unpopular, not just in Philadelphia, but mm-hmm. in a lot of other places. And it's going to make me sound like a curmudgeon. Yeah. And it's going to make me sound like uh, I've got a black heart. Well, I'm super excited for this take now. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a you, you that's really a good tease, tease it. Yeah. I don't think his kids should be up there on the podium after they play games. I don't know. I don't Andy, think. You talking I, about? Nick's I'm talking kids. about Nick Sirianni. Okay, yeah. I'm talking about any professional okay, all right. athlete. All professional athletes, like. Your kids are cute. They're all cute. We both have kids. They're cute. Mm-hmm. Kids are naturally cute. We can see your kids a lot of different ways, down on the field, confetti. I'm not saying that kids shouldn't be a part of this, but to be up there in the press conference after a game, to me, no. This uh, is, this I don't is, know. These I are reporters trying that. to do their job, number one. And two, it's like we have plenty of time to see your kids. They don't have to be sitting up there. So I, I would disagree with that respectfully. I mean, I get your point about, you know, bringing them up in, I guess, a work environment. But I also know, like, when I was younger, I loved going to work with my parents. And yeah. I think that, you know, when you're a kid that has a head coach, uh, you know, or that busy at, at work, it's fun to do those things. So I, I think one thing about Sirianni that makes him a special head coach is he is really, really good at relationships. And I think part of that is because he's a family guy. So I, I do think I, I, I'm fine with it. Did you, have, did you have an issue when he botched that opening uh, press conference? Did it make you nervous? That, oh, boy, this guy's going to maybe <laughs> no, not work out as the Eagles was head he coach. talking about fertilizer? Yeah, yeah. Sirianni yeah. had a really bad first press conference. Yeah, people were very, media. very nervous about that. And yeah. it's interesting because, I mean, we're here at the Super Bowl on tonight's media night, and this will probably be the first time he's going to go into that big of an audience Mm. since that introductory press conference so this will be a chance for everybody to see a different Nick Um, ultimately it didn't change how I viewed the hire it was not a great press conference Nick will tell you that he uses it at a teaching point for the Mm. players about overcoming mistakes so yeah it was really bad for sure but uh, no it it didn't change how I how I viewed Nick and he's turned into a a really good leader and really good at press conference okay that's interesting he uses his own foible at the press conference to to show guys that you can recover from something. That's interesting. Yeah, he makes fun of himself for yeah, sure he should. on that one. All right, Elliot, I have a Philadelphia question. Right. So you're very honest. You go on the radio, WIP, yes. and you might you know, you know, might not pick the Eagles this time. What's the local reaction? You just Do you get killed? Because I to tell me you, not picking the Eagles? Yeah, six, <laughs> if that happened, 16-year-old Andrew Perloff would have called in Be very to Gary Cobb <laughs> and say, dude, get this guy off the air. What's he doing? Well, first of all, I interned with G Cobb, so I, yeah, I, like, I, mean, I like the name reference there. Uh, no, I mean, look, I, I was just on WIP saying why I think the Chiefs uh, are probably going to win this game. People are not happy, but I also think what's great about working in Philadelphia and what's great about covering the Eagles is fans love to talk about the team. So even though I'm saying I think they're, they're, they're probably going to lose this game, 
I think people like to hear why. They like to discuss it. Yes, they might get a little heated about it for sure, but Eagles fans are smart. Eagles fans know this is a great Chiefs team. So I appreciate the confidence, yeah. and I know you're going into it confident, but yeah. the Chiefs are really good. No, you're, you're all wrong about all Eagles fans, and I speak for them. You're a jerk. <laughs> you're a jerk. Get off our set. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's just yeah. my Twitter mentions. Yeah, 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 yeah. On air, it's a little nicer. Oh, okay. All of our Twitter mentions. Elliot Shore Parks, thank you so, so much for doing this. Thank bringing us a little Eagles insider perspective, yeah. but, you know, not bias. And I, I, I do agree with the take that you should eat all dinner in front of the TV. It's the only place to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, you have I to mean, pick, your, rooms, you pick yeah. your meal around the, what you're watching often, like let alone yeah, what, right. are we, what are we doing at the if dining room table? If it's a snack, table? you really got to go for a TV show. If it's a full meal, maybe a movie. Well, I, Nothing like, worse than when you make a great meal and you sit down and you don't know what you're going to watch. I know. Wait, it's just <laughs> complete devastation for like 10 minutes. Question, though. You, you recently got married, I recall. Yes. Yeah. So do you and your wife have to watch together during dinner or is it separate? So it's actually interesting you brought this up. Sometimes she will watch shows when I'm on the road that we're watching together. She's done it once mm -hmm. or Twice. Oh. I know, and I will say to that's really to, testing your vows in, in her, right away. In, in her defense, I am, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm on the road a lot. I'm traveling, but yeah. So I think in general, yes. When we when we're making meals, we're home. We're like, okay, let's decide what we're watching first before we even decide what we're making, wow. before we're getting ready. Because look, that's the whole fun of eating. You're just like, something. well, it's gonna be spaghetti, <laughs> so we should probably watch White Lotus. Exactly. Or are yeah. We gonna eat? <laughs> like, are we doing dessert? Or, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I am nuts about that. If if my meal is ready and it's halftime of a game, I get really bummed out because I really enjoy watching the actual football game yeah. and eating simultaneously. <laughs> halftime, half I'm just sitting there flipping around. I'm, I can't focus on my tuna sandwich. When I'm it's a, that's a fair take. Yeah. Well, look, hopefully for this Sunday you're happy by halftime and you're uh, enjoying that sandwich. Oh, uh, <laughs> not according to you. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny if somehow you can procure a tuna sandwich while you're sitting at the game yeah. <laughs> in yeah, the yeah. stands. That would oh, be you'll something. be there. I'll be there in the stands. Tuna fish is probably not what you want to order <laughs> from a stadium in general. Not going to make you laugh. No, that. no, that's like getting sushi from an airport. Yeah, not, not going to happen. <laughs> not the move. Elliot, thank you so much. Thank you, Have guys. Have fun covering the game.